welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. <clears throat> I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. It looks like Adam couldn't wait until the start of the podcast <laughs> to start no, one just, of our segments. Uh, no, I'm just eating a, uh, 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 whatchamacallit. Uh, oh, that's fair. That's acceptable. I think Doug would be a little bit upset if you yeah, had eaten if something had, like, a, unnatural. Who's he wants it? Oh, by the way, and we have four, I guess, aging guests with us today. <laughs> we have true D- Doug Gobeski. I can't deny it. Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here aging with you today. <laughs> Tony Huff. Uh, thank you for having me. And Kyle Erickson. Good to be here. So I hear we got chocolates to talk about. Yes, I picked up a new Hoozy What's It bar that I had not seen before. And uh, after Googling, learned that it's new as of like December or so. It's like a companion bar to a whatchamacallit. Which I'm eating right now, so I remember what a whatchamacallit tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been years for me, so. It's pretty good. This is described as chocolate, chocolatey crisps, and a peanut butter candy bar. Whereas to refresh your memory, a whatchamacallit is chocolate, peanut-flavored crisps, and caramel. I haven't had a whatchamacallit in a long time. Probably since high school. And uh, I remember the first time I had one, it was like a month straight of every day eating and binging <laughs> on whatchamacallits. <laughs> like, I remember the, the person at QD was like, oh, another one? <laughs> Am I being judged by the QD? You're like, don't tell me how to live my life. Yeah. Why don't you just buy the box and stop coming in here every day. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I, I expect you all to just start going on a month long binge. <laughs> well, we don't know if it's that good yet. That's true. So, I did read that this candy bar apparently came out a few years ago as a thingamajig and basically <laughs> made no cultural impact at all but i guess now it's back with a new name named by oh. lisa m according to the rapper here she writes all the best laughing taffy jokes yeah all right so i'm opening it up doggy opening it up too i can yeah let's do this looks like a chocolate wafer bar Mm, I, I can smell the chocolate already. Broke that seal and just hit by it immediately. Yeah, more pleasant than a chip fart. It, uh, it's it got a pleasant smell. It it smells like those uh, Little Debbie peanut butter things. All right, let's bite in. Oh, crunchier than I expected. Same crunch as the whatchamacallit. Well, this one's got chocolate-flavored crispies, right? Yep, and peanut butter instead of caramel, basically. Uh, the layer of peanut butter is thinner than I had anticipated. It's also kind of a brittle candy bar. Like you like bite off chunks of it and they just kind of snap off rather than uh, like if I, I guess if it had a lot of caramel, it would have to pull apart like a flaky butterfinger. No, no, better, better, better snap. It's like if you took all the rice krispies from a, a Nestle crunch bar and concentrated them. Yeah. Hmm. It was pretty good. I think I might yeah. like the whatchamacallit better. But, you know, if someone gave me this, I'd be like, oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. Instead of good. what unholy hell is this? Adam's very picky about what chocolate bars he has gifted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Well, to be fair, uh, Adam did get 
a lot of expired chocolates from Michigan State. Not just <laughs> expired chocolates, expired Palmer chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> Are those not up to the quality of Russell Stover? No. Well, they started to turn white. Very oh, quickly. yeah. Yeah. So we are here to discuss the 56th installment of the Merry Marvel Movie March. It is time for the March 2017 film, Logan. Logan is, of course, the story of one John Logan, uh, a screenwriter known for such things as Gladiator and uh, Star Trek Nemesis. And he decides to form a restaurant with his uh, brother named, you guessed it, Dennis. Dennis Logan. So they decide to to make like a steakhouse kind of place, and they decide to name it after their favorite movie, which is Roadhouse. And so that's how Logan's Roadhouse came to be. Yeah, it's a it's a story of their ups and downs as he juggles his screenwriting career with that of running a restaurant. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Does he get kitchen nightmared? He does actually. Yeah, that's that's in the third act. Gordon Ramsay comes in. <laughs> yeah, obviously they couldn't get Gordon Ramsay, so it's like a it's a Gordon Ramsay style person. <laughs> it's, Bob, it's Bobby Flay. I love Gordon Ramsay style people. <laughs> Ram, Ramsay Gordon. There, easy enough. <laughs> they found a guy named Ramsay Gordon. <laughs> that seems kind of a lazy name. Why couldn't you go with something like Riordan Gamsey? <laughs> sure why not <laughs> okay yeah, only half of that not, worked I yeah, didn't that's think not it easy at all <laughs> good job Doug you fixed it <laughs> thank you <laughs> no but seriously um, Logan is actually the story of YouTuber Logan Paul mm-hmm. and oh. his uh, trip through a sacred forest and then how he gets arrested in Scottsdale or something I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. It wasn't very interesting. That's weird because Jake Paul just showed up on my Facebook <laughs> as a suggested for you. This <laughs> <laughs> really? is Jake, Jake Paul TKO's Ben Askren. <laughs> People you may know. <laughs> so Six good. mutual friends. <laughs> thanks, thanks for throwing it out in the universe, Adam. You're welcome. Charlie. Yes. What's the actual, actual synopsis? Three sentences or less. This is uh, Hugh Jackman's last appearance as Wolverine. and he, To date. To date. He's taking care of Professor X, who has come down with some sort of degenerative brain disease. And he is saddled with a young girl who has very similar, eerily similar powers to him. And he needs to protect her and get her to someplace. And why is that significant? That she has eerily similar powers to him because she was made in a lab in a similar way to how logan had his adamantium implanted into him not really but okay yeah they did some sort of surgery right i mean i guess but there are no more mutants i'm trying to get you to say that no more mutants some for some reason we don't know why <laughs> that sounded like a call to action yeah. no more mutants no more mutants <laughs> USA USA <laughs> Joe, 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 Joe 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 so had you seen the movie Logan before let's start with uh, to my left 
Well, lamp, speak up. <laughs> I am. Hold on, one one second. That way is. I'm currently facing east. You're facing east. <laughs> so to so my left, left would be to the north. Oh, so, so if we work our be... way around, so that's that that's everyone Charlie, except right. for Adam. That would be Charlie. <laughs> Charlie first. I had seen this before. I sought it out because it was a well-reviewed movie and it sounded interesting. And I remember the first time enjoying it a lot more than I expected, actually. And I don't know. I will get to whether I enjoyed it more or less this time around. I had one particular issue with it the first time, and I don't know if I feel the same way anymore. It was over two hours. (laughs) Well, that's yes. (laughs) Movies should always be 90 minutes or less. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, who's north of me? Well, it's not north of you. Oh, who's to my left? Clock. And I oh yeah. I wait no, hold on. I am facing west. I am facing north currently. So to my left is me? Is Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we gotta orient ourselves properly. Yeah, that's right. Now I am facing uh now I am facing west. Well, no, that doesn't work either. South. I'm facing south. We now. all need to face south, essentially. I'm facing away from the mic, which is south, and yelling really loud. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is that? Whoever is east of it's me. Doug. <laughs> yeah, Doug, probably. Yes, that makes sense. So, this is one of those movies where the trailer, like, you see the trailer and you're like, okay, I need to see this film. And putting it in uh, esteemed company with uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I saw this one in the theaters. I've seen it once or twice before on Blu-ray, and I saw it again a couple days ago for this podcast. All right. What direction are you currently facing? Um, South. All right. So then who's further west, Paul or Kyle? I think I'm... Gosh, we're Probably really further. close. You're further west then. Kyle. I would say Kyle is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the movie when it came out in theaters, I really liked it then. I remember being really surprised at um, it compared to a lot of the other hero movies. And then uh, I just watched it again a couple of days ago for the cast. I like, can we call it the cast? Now? Yeah. The cast, <laughs> yeah, we're cool now, guys. We got... <laughs> he, he, knows, he, he watched it for, for Patrick Stewart. <laughs> for the cast. Really watching it for the cast. <laughs> like to dedicate this viewing to the cast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my boy Boyd. <laughs> boy. <laughs> oh, and then uh and then I'm uh I'm facing north and uh well, you know, Paul is uh a little bit east of me, so I, mean, I guess he's to my right. <laughs> Oh yeah, we could have just changed the direction the whole time. We didn't have to keep going left. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not. Problem uh, solved. I was trying to, you know, think. Okay, we all need to turn our chairs so we're on like the <laughs> route or whatever. <laughs> um, I saw Logan once before. A coworker of mine lent me a DVD. He was like, "You got to watch this." I was like, "Wait," well, and then you actually, and then you actually watched it, Paul. Well, I needed to get it back to him, and I wanted to say that I had finished it oh. before I gave it back to him. That's where you and I are different, my friend. I, and I did. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, and I'm, I'm glad I did. I mean, there's a reason I didn't just hand it back to him and say I didn't, didn't finish it. Because I actually <laughs> kind of wanted to watch it, which is usually a, it's a rarity for when someone lends you a DVD. Kind of on. 
Anyways, I, I liked it back then, and that was the only time I saw it before. Okay, so it was probably like shortly after its DVD release that I watched it, and uh, I'm facing North, so to my right is Tony. Um, as per usual, I did not see this movie before the podcast. Some might say that I haven't actually seen the movie yet. <laughs> did you not finish it? <laughs> no. So You had uh, two days. Yeah, not really, but um, <laughs> I'm all here for uh, Tony's partially so informed gonna, review. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we're gonna just have to okay. be super informed. This will be amusing. You, yep. I, Tony, I thought you had at least seen the whole movie. Oh, you're right. Like, I have seen the whole movie, <laughs> but in terms of actually understanding, um, probably about a good hour and a half <laughs> of it before it turned. <laughs> into garbledygook <laughs> now are you are you okay with spoilers because we're gonna be talking oh, about yeah. spoilers <laughs> there's there's no way i'm watching this movie <laughs> <laughs> wow a little preview of the rating there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's some spoilers for the end of the podcast yeah yeah mm. i'll spoil I'm, yeah if you're okay with spoilers for the end of the podcast i'm spoilers <laughs> uh, i'm good with spoilers for the movie Here's the thing, though, is I actually really enjoyed the first uh, hour and a half. So <laughs> I'm just going to go off of that. And that's me. This is the part in the in the group chat where we all text each other, but Tony's not in the group chat, and we all agree on some ridiculous ending that Tony would never <laughs> believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have seen the movie, so yeah. like... Uh, I guess I'd be like, man, that was weird. How did they accomplish this? Yeah, did you hear what the kids were saying, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're That's right. That's some crazy <laughs> shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> it all went according to plan, the children said. <laughs> Never did like that guy, Logan. <laughs> so which way are you facing, Tony? I'm facing north. Oh. At the... So I guess we got to your left, way to your, well, not to your. Oof. I guess to your right, then, right? Correct. I I don't. I didn't understand what we were doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just hand Sorry, it off you, to the person to your right. Can you temporarily face west? Oh, have you not gone, Adam? No. Oh, I mean, I am facing northwest. Okay, so that's to your leftish. Yeah, and uh, I'm facing northwestish. Then to my left is Adam. Thanks, Tony. Uh. I had seen, I saw the movie in theaters. I think it might have been one of those cases where it got so hyped up, but that by the time I saw it, it kind of fell short of those expectations a bit. And I was like, oh, that was fine, but it wasn't amazing. And then uh, Charlie bought me the Blu ray for my birthday. I think it was my birthday, maybe it was Christmas one year. And then I got around to watching that towards the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, oh, this is fine. And then I watched it again for the cast. And uh, yeah, started to grow on me a little more. So in the wake of uh, The Wolverine, which did pretty well, there was, as always, talk about another sequel. Hugh Jackman apparently was amenable to the idea, but not thrilled about it until he started to think about what it would be like to actually bring a definitive end to the character. And I think James Mangold, the director who had also directed the Wolverine previously uh, was kind of thinking along similar lines. And so they decided that they wanted to actually have an actual end to Hugh Jackman's time as Wolverine rather than just leaving the character 
sort of unresolved, I guess. Like, oh, he could still be out there doing things, right? It's like, no, we actually want to bring it to an end. And uh, a couple of the touchstones that they discussed when they were breaking the story were uh, The Wrestler with uh, Mickey Rourke and uh, Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood were kind of their sort of touchstones about the kind of tone they were looking for. It is uh, very loosely an adaptation of this Marvel Comics storyline called Old Man Logan. Very loosely in that in Old Man Logan, uh, Logan is old and basically all the other mutants are dead. In that version, it's if I remember correctly, it's not that Professor X accidentally killed them, like what's implied here. It's that supervillains convinced Wolverine that uh, he was fighting and killing various enemies, but then they were manipulating his mind. And when that manipulation went away, it turned out he was actually killing all the other X-Men. And that kind of sent him into like a reclusive sort of spiral. Yeah, I haven't actually read Old Man Logan, so I don't know how much detail I can give to you on that. But obviously, that's not exactly what's happening here. But they did kind of just want to take that idea of, okay, in the future, what would Logan be like if the following things happened and et cetera. And then tied in with Leah, that sort of unforgiven, almost like Western feel. So, yeah. And then they made the movie. Oh, and then Patrick Stewart was like, that sounds awesome. I'm going to make that my swan song, too, as Professor X, not as an actor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> were were any of the earlier movies you watched other than Deadpool R-rated? Like any of the Punisher stuff, maybe? Yeah, so the Punisher films are rated R. Uh, Deadpool's R. The Blade movies? At least the first couple, yeah, I think, are yeah. R. But yeah, there'd been a handful of movies, but they were all, I think, more consciously adult characters rather than more ostensibly uh, kid-friendly characters. Right. And the X-Men as a group are pretty kid-friendly. But the movie goes about setting the tone like immediately, which I'd forgotten and I kind of liked. The first intelligible word in English you hear in this movie is the word f <laughs> Like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, that coupled with the very violent scene, the first scene, it really come out of the gates like, this is an R-rated movie. Right, I, I liked how Deadpool kind of set the expectations of what that was going to be really quickly. And this movie does the same thing. We're like, all right, we're off to the races. Very tonally different from Deadpool, though. Oh, sure. Yes. I thought it was kind of, uh, it had a little bit of that sat satire feel in the first scene when um, when Logan was using his body to protect that car. And he was like, not the car. You know, there was like a little <laughs> bit of comedy in it. Such a good chauffeur. I'd watch a whole movie that was just <laughs> Logan the chauffeur. Glancing at people in the back seat. <laughs> so the movie is set in 2029. Initially, when they said, "Oh, it's 2029," I was like, "Gonna be oh, all right." Now we got to see all the stuff that's happened between 2017 and 2029, and there's all sorts of events and technology and stuff. And I'm like, "No, basically, it might as well be right now." They just used it as an excuse to, or to kind of separate it from the previous X Men movies. What about those self driving trucks? Yeah. Self oh, is that with those self-driving oh, trucks? Yeah. And and the massive self-driving uh combines as well. Yeah. Oh. I guess I didn't notice that they were driverless. Yeah, I guess we achieved level five. That was fast. And the robotic hands. Yeah, yeah. That just seemed kind of super villainy though. Or I guess he's not super villain, just like villain esque. 
Wow, Charlie taking a harsh stance against our nation's <laughs> war amps. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, just that it could have, like, a villain could have a super high-tech hand in the present. And yeah, that would be... He's uh, hiding that yeah. technology from yeah. the people. Right? Well, it's Everyone evil technology. He's the only one willing to do it. Right. <laughs> He's feeling kind of maligned here as a biomedical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're doing it right. We're just talking about this guy who skipped all the the steps. <laughs> That's not approved for for use. So, what did we think of Hugh Jackman this time around? His last time around, I feel like he found his character a little bit. I feel like he got, you know, maybe in the early. I mean, I didn't join you guys on the previous uh, podcast about the other movies, but I feel like he's a little bit kind of settling in he's kind of becoming the wolverine yeah i definitely agree with that i think it's kind of a culmination of all all the movies that came before it and he really knows what he wants to do you know i think the wolverine works works really well as more of an old man character considering how long he's supposed to have been <laughs> it's true he's always old <laughs> so it's like so it's like at least now and now he like is looking and acting the part <laughs> just a really grizzled old Wolverine when he should have been doing it. I mean, I guess he was always kind of like that, but it doesn't work as well when he looks all young and stuff. It's finally aged into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought he did a good job. I actually think I was more impressed, isn't the right word, but maybe more drawn to Patrick Stewart's performance as Xavier. I was really drawn to Patrick Stewart. I thought like when we first see him and he's kind of like little cuckoo, little addled yeah yeah like it's just i don't know i just i just am like with him and i like i'm believing his character and everything and then is it because he was talking about taco bell yeah i think so (laughs) (laughs) is he talking about taco bell (laughs) (laughs) no i i don't know i remember when he's introduced i'm like man this guy is just a really good actor (laughs) he does a good job of like coming back and forth and hiding taking the pills and stuff so yeah I don't know. I, I really enjoyed his character. Although, so Charlie talked about how the tone was set from the very start. But I think for me, there's some part of me who's okay with Wolverine saying the F word. But it was when Professor X really just started casually saying it. that I was like, oh, okay. I, like, I, it's, it's this kind of movie. It really gives you the impression that something ser- has seriously gone wrong in the intervening years. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like... This is this is what the future holds, right? No, I agree. It with uh, yeah, seeing Professor Xavier like that, I was like, okay, did I, I actually thought like, did I miss something as to like what happened in like the years previous where he's at this stage? Like, I I was really trying to think of like some of the movies. Like, did I not watch everything before this movie? <laughs> <laughs> right, I remember having a similar thought, and he has seizures which cause everyone around him to be paralyzed which i don't know i thought that it was like a surprisingly cool effect that they were doing like those scenes actually ended up to me being some of the most cool action sequences in the whole movie yeah like that hotel the hotel scene (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that guy standing in the doorway looking in the room pointing (laughs) his gun into the room and then out of the corner of his eye he just sees this like very slow moving really angry guy coming just like i'm about to get my brain stabbed okay here we go yeah that was really gruesome (laughs) 
Yeah, especially that scene was was especially like it being in essentially slow motion. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah. not a movie that shies away from its R rating for violence. But I still felt like, at least in like the first half of the movie, it was done in a way that I didn't I didn't feel like I was overwhelmed. You know, like it always seemed like it didn't feel like it was just like gore for gore's sake. Like there were there was like reasoning behind it, and they even and Paul and I were talking about it. Like they even touch on it too, like how like what it actually does to them as they're actually like killing people. You know, like they're they're having this like crisis in their mind about like what they're actually doing to people. And that kind of comes to what I had issue with the first time around. I watched this, and so I'm interested to see what other people think. What did you think about those action sequences where people are getting killed? Were they cool? Were they not cool? Were they gory and made you feel bad or what? I don't know if cool is the right word. They're very intense, I think. Like, it doesn't shy away from showing you some of the effects of the violence. And that has a way of sort of just kind of going, oh, for me at least. It it seemed like, to me, they weren't, it wasn't like they were shot in a way, like some movies are like shot in such a way where it's like, look how badass this guy is. This is a little, felt a little more like matter of fact. Like, yeah, like almost justified. Like if that's a word I can use, you know, right. where it's like, okay, it's either they die or he kills the attacker. Cause the, uh, with Laura, the girl where she would jump on somebody's head and like with her thighs, like take them to the ground and then stab them through the head. I was like, is this supposed to be cool? Like, are we supposed to be enjoying this or not? <laughs> right. I didn't get the impression. It's like, pump the pump your fist in the air yeah right yeah it's not it's not 300 yeah (laughs) (laughs) it felt uh very brutal particularly the hotel scene yeah like that one was it felt methodical and necessary but very unpleasant i think another one that was brutal for me was like the farmhouse scene when it's like innocent people Mm -hmm. are being killed that was like for me, like okay, like, innocent <laughs> people that they've taken the time to let you to, get to know a bit, yeah, yeah, and like build their character up, and like <laughs> that was messed up. Yeah. Out, outside of the brutality, um, as far as like the uh, the choreography of the fights, mm. I remember having a similar feeling to um, when I I think it was taken it was a, it was either taken or a movie similar to it where the main character is like a little bit older and he basically just goes and gives every bad guy the like the butt of his handgun like a gun a pistol whip and he keeps on whapping them and every scene he's just sneaking through and he pistol whips like like five guys in a row and i kind of got that a little bit like there were so many spikes through the jaw and out through the face or just all these variations of these like face stabbings. And I was like, I was like, I don't know if you need to show all this. Someone be like spiked through the head. Yeah. yeah like, you see one, you've seen a bunch. <laughs> well, that's how you know they're dead. If you don't spike them through the head. Yeah. yeah. Or if you don't like roll their head onto the ground. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, that's like they have this girl is like gold blooded. Well, can't, yeah, like, that's, you can't blame her. That's what she was uh, created and trained to do. That's that's like the biggest difference though between the R rating and the P 
PG-13 rating as all those other movies where people get blasted with like, uh, you know, X-Men powers or cut with a sword. It's almost like they're getting hit with a bat with the sword, you know, <laughs> and they just fly away. Yeah. Paul was saying that maybe in the PG-13 movies, the body count is higher. You just don't see the brutality. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. The implied body count is very high in the Avengers movies, especially. Yeah. <laughs> or cut to like a, a scene of like a, like a token evacuation scene or something. Like, it's okay. They had one guy run around to every door in this uh, entire city. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm sure they got everyone out just fine. Uh, I, I did want to kind of point out, though, that. I think Daphne Kane playing Laura is does a really, really good job. I found myself very impressed at like how she was handling like all those action scenes and the fact that she has to do all that stuff without talking for like the first half of the movie and everything. Like I just is thought she, that was really well done. Is she, is she a, a Spanish? I think she's half British, half Spanish. Okay, I was going to say her, her Spanish was pretty solid. Yeah, man. I yeah, I was wondering about that, Tony. How did you did you? No, it was it was, you, the was second that half. past the point where you could hear the movie. Yeah, it was, oh. it was past past my hearing portion. Uh, I'll go with Kyle's assessment. I've been with Kyle when he spoke Spanish. It's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> that was amazing. That was, that was really good enough. One thing, one nitpicky thing, and you know, I, I did really overall like everything that she did, but um, some of her her like guttural screams when she's trying to get like become like really uh, beast like, I felt like they could have added like a. Uh, you know, a lioness or something roaring at the same time, something to, cause I, I, I heard like a little kid yelling and I was just like, Oh, she's throwing a tantrum. And, you know, <laughs> that, could, that could just be completely personal, you know, but I, I heard, I heard the childhood actor, you know, on my side of things. I mean, but partly I think they're trying to do a more realistic sort of story. Right. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. as realistic as, the story of making mutants and all this stuff could be, but within those confines. Right. So, so I can see why they might not have wanted to enhance like yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I would, I would have really hated it if it sounded like she was like, like a Godzilla creature. Just a really like, uh, overzealous Foley artist, just really, <laughs> mixing in all the all the roars together get her some vocal training from some like death metal group and just have her learn really <laughs> she only inward screams yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out that this one was actually just a 1980s toilet flush slowed down <laughs> toilet wave <laughs> It had to be an 80s one because you needed the full gallons. The yeah, gallons. A, good, a good like eight gallon flusher. Right. So the, the reason I wanted to know what you all thought about the violence was that the first time around, I would just had this weird feeling of, okay, this movie's it's talking a lot about the consequences of violence and what that does to people. But at the same time, is it like trying to have its cake and eat it too, right? Like violence is bad, but here's some really cool violence for you. And so it's like, uh, maybe that was just the impression I got the first time around because I didn't get it as much this time. And it's sounding like you aren't either. Yeah. Like Doug said, it didn't have that 300 vibe to okay, it. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah. I definitely I definitely remember leaving the theater the original time and and just being so surprised at how much stabbing and slicing there was and watching it later on in 2021 and just being like eh, it's kind of violent but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had the exact same experience yeah <laughs> the exception of for me the rewatch was when I watched it on home video around you know at the end of 2017 for me, it was maybe that watching it on the big screen made it feel more real. There is something probably to be said about that, about, yeah, having it in the big screen with the sound pumping all around you in the dark. and <laughs> Or as a bunch of guys that watch a lot of violent movies, when we're watching them at our homes, we're like, yeah, okay, it's violent stuff. But when you're in a theater and there's all those normal people that don't normally watch all that stuff, and they're like, that is disgusting. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I forgot. You're watching people walk out of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Demanding their money back. <laughs> or there's just like an eight-year-old sitting next to you who's just like un- completely unfazed. <laughs> <laughs> But let's do talk a little bit about the themes of Logan, because I think this is a superhero movie that leans a lot more into thematic uh, questions and concerns than some of the other more standard popcorn superhero movies have done. All right. So there's definitely a lot about violence. And if you've lived your life that way, killing people, what, you know, can you come back from that or not? I don't know. I thought I was watching this time around. And I'm like, I'm not sure it comes down specifically one way or the other about it, which I kind of liked. This is where it kind of ties into a lot to Unforgiven because Unforgiven, basically at the end of the movie, it's like, you're like, okay, no, you know, if you live your life murdering people, that's, that's it for you. But I'm not sure this movie is really saying that. Should we flag that Unforgiven is your favorite film of all time? At the, yeah, for a while it was definitely. Well, not going to be not going to be mine since it's spoiled now. <laughs> it's called Unforgiven. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they would have called it Forgiven. Oh, yeah, I guess sure. Maybe it's irony. Come on, all that Clint Eastwood irony. Yes. <laughs> now I want to watch a movie called Forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's also the theme about like aging, and you know, what does it mean to have these like abilities and powers but then you know your body doesn't respond the way that they used to like so wolverine's body like his adamantium is poisoning him so even though so it's enough that like his healing factor can't keep up which means he's coughing all the time which gave me real uh, vibes in 2021 Mm -hmm. yeah i agree you're just like oh man put a mask on (laughs) be like caliban mask up (laughs) And then Patrick Stewart, like Professor X, you know, can't control his mind the way he once did. And it has very obviously detrimental effects on people. And like we see what happens in like the hotel scene and things like that. But we also, yeah, it's implied that he accidentally killed the other X-Men because he suffered from something like this. So that's what happened. He's all isolated out in the desert. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense now. Okay. Was it, maybe you guys can explain. I didn't quite get it. There was a point where um, Charles was asking Logan as he was leaving the room and he was like, what happened to the others or something? And Logan was like, I got to go. And he's like, tell me what happened to the others. And I what was did like, you do or whatever. Yeah. What did you do? Yeah. What did, what was that about? 
I mean, I think what's actually happening there is they're trying to initially mislead the audience into thinking that Wolverine did something so bad that they had to go underground. Mm. But I think in terms of the in-universe continuity or something, my guess is that's like Professor X's brain being still sort of foggy or something from the drugs. Mm-hmm. And so like he knows something happened because they're out there, but and he, he knows Logan's has you know been a killer and things and so and maybe he's running away from the truth of what he ended up doing because there's also a theme about like loyalty kind of running through the movie as well logan is willing to stick with charles even though all these bad things are happening gonna take him out into the middle of the ocean and hang out with him yeah it's a good plan but uh, and then additionally just about our obligations to future generations and stuff like that's what xavier dedicated his life to but then here's logan (laughs) Right, somebody he tried really, really hard with, and just yeah, how, even says he failed. Yeah, how did you guys feel when uh, when Charles was was yelling at Logan and tell him he was like the worst thing ever? Yeah, uncomfortable. But that's kind of my point about the loyalty, right? Is that like it's not so obvious to me that he did fail him that or that Logan did fail at it. It's just that like maybe his focus narrowed. Because now that there's no more real mutants around, like he's just, you know, focusing on the family that he has left. But yeah, he spent all that time like helping mutants and then yeah, there aren't any more of them. So like what is he what has he done? Yeah, but uh, just to go back to Kyle's question, yeah, I I found it very uncomfortable and then in with the be- benefit of hindsight, like a little bit unfair. I haven't experienced someone with that bad of um, Alzheimer's or dementia, but I think that it's probably relatable. You know, I've heard stories about some of some people with those types of illnesses really cursing out their families. And that's kind of how I interpreted that uh, in a way, yeah. you know, like he's, he's kind of letting the truth out kind of, you know, he's like a little bit, he's a little bit drunk on his mental illness. And so there's some truth in what he's saying and it still hurts. But a lot of it was just like, this is what can happen when you're old and you got mental problems. Right. And I like that it gives, Patrick Stewart, the opportunity to play the character differently. Yeah, definitely. I love what he's always done before, but it'd be a little bit boring to see the same Professor X we've seen everywhere else. Exactly. Like, he's not all-knowing, and he's not just like, Wolverine, you should do what I say. I I knew this the whole time. (laughs) He is doing that, though. He's like, I told you, this this is the mutant I told you about. This is Laura. And so this isn't the first time we've seen Caliban, either. No, it's not. He was in Apocalypse. That's right. It's... Oh, yeah. Is it the same actor? No. Nope. Oh, I miss Caliban? Damn it. Uh, what? No, he was at the beginning. At the very the, beginning. The, the, the pale guy with the... Oh, he's the pale guy. Yeah, oh, the trekker. Guy masks up. I like him. Steven Merchant. Yeah, I thought he was good. I This is not nitpicky or anything. It's just, I'm curious. Is, is there supposed to be any tie-in? for the timeline or are we just supposed to be like, Uh, we don't know who this character is and he's introduced now or is it the same one? Someone asked James Mangold about this and his answer was basically, uh, I didn't realize they were using him in apocalypse. Oh, (laughs) Uh, so that's fair. Good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we want to have the nerd question of what continuity even is this, (laughs) the thing that Mangold went out of his way to, not happy an issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's defy his wishes. And... <laughs> yeah, because I don't know that it's actually any, it really follows any of the continuities of the other movies. Yeah, I don't know that it needs to either, though. No, right. no. But it's a question I 
didn't ask the first time around either because I didn't know he was in Apocalypse. Well, really, but like any of the characters, right? Like, right. Like, which Logan is this supposed to be? And I'm kind of, yeah, just he's his own, this movie's own thing. It's not like, oh, this is the Logan from the Wolverine or X-Men Apocalypse or anything like that. I mean, it's definitely not the the Logan from X-Men The Last Stand because uh, otherwise, you know, they could have just given people the anti-mutant serum rather than having to do what... Uh, what Xander Rice ended up doing in this movie. Nobody did it secretly here. Unless you want to argue that it, what Xander Rice did built on uh, <laughs> what was in The Last Stand. I guess you could do that if you wanted to, yeah. But that continuity is also the continuity where the Sentinels killed them all, so. What do we think about his evil scheme? Xander Rice? Yeah. Richard E. Grant? Yes. The legendary Richard E. Grant? Yes. You made me watch with Noel and I. I remember in high school. <laughs> I just keep make going, you yes. watch it. I no. gave you the privilege. And I had to it. watch it because you lent it to me. We already discussed oh, this. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. If you're lent a movie, you're required to watch it by moral law. <laughs> that was good. It was good. Okay. <laughs> He's the best thing about Rise of Skywalker. I'm not going to argue that either. He's the I evil hardly general. remember that movie. He's the one First Order general that actually looks like they have some vague idea of what they're doing. Anyway, what was the question? Oh, what do we think about his evil scheme? Oh, to A make scale of one to ten, mutants. yes. Which, which half of the evil scheme? Yeah, to destroy all other mutants. Or to keep them from having existed, I guess. Whatever he was doing. Mm, sufficiently evil. It's... I I liked that he himself wasn't cackling evil though. Oh yeah. Like I liked how his character seemed kind of like a nice guy who just happened to have really terrible morals. But <laughs> one of those really nice eugenicists. <laughs> yeah. He was wow, friendly no, about this... it. <laughs> well, did you think that Donald Pierce was cacklingly evil? I think he's more in that direction. I mean, this isn't really a movie where mm, anyone's cackling yeah. evil, but he's gloating. Donald yeah. Pierce is more the sort of stereotypical heavy. See, I I feel the opposite way. I felt that uh, uh, Boyd Holbrook. I, I really enjoyed the his character and you know the acting, and I thought uh, Xander Rice just felt like a stereotypical you know evil scientist guy like maybe it's just because i you know i'm still in academia and so you know i'm dealing like you know interacting with science types but you know that that just that kind of totally amoral evil is a bit more off-putting to me than the the uh in your face i'm doing this for a job kind of uh evil that we get with uh, donald pierce so i guess what did others think then of the two evil schemes, I get the creating super soldiers thing that kind of fits. And then the other side of it with Richard E. Grant, I was I remember through most of the movie, I was kind of asking myself, is do this necessary to have this in there? Because they're already doing bad enough things that you would want to stop, which gives Logan reason to help this girl get somewhere else. Right. So how does the rest of the eugenic stuff fit in? But then well, you I need found them to chase the the kids. Oh, to kill them rather than just recapture right. them, so that people would know. Way, eh. Yeah. But I think the thing that made me really laugh this time around was when he killed Richard E. Grant. 
<laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten that. Despite having watched it like less than a year ago, I'd forgotten that he did that. Right. So basically, the the movie was saying to like, nope, don't care. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was the stereotypical bad guy. Right, right. So I actually enjoyed that, how it tied in there at the end, where I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> We've dealt with that. And then we talked about Professor X earlier, too, and like, well, there's no more mutants. So like, what has he done with his life? So I hadn't thought about that before. It's kind of a blink and you miss it thing, but uh, where Dr. Rice explains that uh, the reason why there's no more mutants is because they put gene therapy in, uh, you know, like in your uh, soft drinks and your breakfast cereals and stuff. And, you know, we saw earlier that the uh, cane wood who makes all the corn syrup that goes into those breakfast cereals and soft drinks are definitely evil. Oh, yeah. And like it was kind of a, a subtle critique of uh, the world that we live in today <laughs> as well. But it was nice how they tied it together. Yeah. In our hyper-capitalist near future. I mean, <laughs> I fully expect that when they have autonomous trucks on the road, they're going to pretty much try to run you down. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got a few more years, though, to to get the stylings on that 24 Chrysler. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if that's what uh, Chrysler limousines are going to look like in, <laughs> in just uh, two or three short years. Who knows? I mean, we're, we're going to go enter the roaring 20s, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we could see some radical designs. <laughs> uh, this movie references Shane, another film, a few times, which I had not seen the first time I watched this, but I have seen since. Well, there's a part of this movie that's very much like Shane, which is the part where they are at the the home of that uh, family they meet during the traffic accident. The part where Hugh Jackman intimidates all the, the people who are trying to run him off his land. That's very much like Shane. If after the first half hour of Shane, everybody died. <laughs> <laughs> It's like just every single character in the movie got murdered. And so I thought that was very funny this time around, too. <laughs> Sounds like a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes. Perfect. <laughs> this, is this, is, this is what peak performance looks like. So just as an aside, it's a little sad to me when you realize that uh, Professor X and Wolverine never learn that Caliban was actually still alive. Like it's it's a little it's a it's just a little sad that, you know, his his friends don't even know that he's not dead. Wait, he's alive? When do we see that he's alive? So they think he's dead because Donald Pierce says implies that he killed him in the wall. Yeah, says that he left him, in, him. Yeah, says he left him in the same uh, ditch that you were gonna leave me. But in fact he was alive for a while longer to help track Oh, for a while, then he blows himself but up. And then he dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they never knew his final heroic act. That's yeah. true. So from their from their perspective, just all of a sudden the truck explodes <laughs> for no reason. Crazy <laughs> explosion. <laughs> but I mean that's kind of par for the course at that point. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like actually. why like, oh, I had to fight the mere image of myself, the evil Evil Wolverine, and then I guess the truck explodes. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I guess we forgot to talk about X-24. Oh, yeah. More de-aging a bit, I guess, I'm assuming. 
Because there were a couple moments where it looked a little off to me, so that's why yeah. I assumed it was de-aging tech. That was just a little bit of just for men in the beard. Call it good, you know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to say about about uh, young, Hugh, younger Hugh Jackman as a stone cold killing machine? Do we feel it's a little on the nose with the uh, fighting the evil version of himself, or do we think it was super cool? It's only two two opinions. <laughs> if I have to lean one way, <laughs> I, I would it's going to be super cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> or what about from like Professor X's point of view? Like the last thing he said to Logan was like, oh, you've always met a waste. And then the next scene, he walks back in the room and murders. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't talk <laughs> about yeah. me. I was the best fighter there ever was. <laughs> yeah, well, at and least then, he and doesn't die Logan, immediately. Yeah, he's like yeah. carried him out. He's like, it wasn't me. But at that point, he, he probably... You know, yeah, that scene really wasn't really like conscious, or he was too busy thinking about boats. <laughs> yeah, I actually found that very sad. Oh that, yeah, that extremely. Whole... Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was a very the whole scene. That scene was when it was like, man, everything really, really fell apart. So after after the father rams X twenty four with the truck, gets out and shoots him with the shotgun several times. He then tries to shoot Logan with the shotgun, but doesn't have any ammunition loaded. And I really liked that touch. Yeah. Because like from like from his perspective, the whole thing's gotta be completely disorienting. You know, plus he's dying. And it it just makes sense for him to try to shoot Logan as well. Yeah, like rather than being like, you know, Oh, you're the you're the yeah, you're the safe guy. Yeah, good luck, hero. You can do it. Uh, yeah. I'm on your side. I'm making a rational decision. Like, you ruined yeah. it. <laughs> you ruined my family. Yeah. Uh, I see how this wasn't your fault, Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole... Actually, everything about that fight, that whole scene there, was about people who didn't understand what was going on because the events happening were just plain bigger than any one person. You know, like all of the uh, the rednecks show up to uh, rough up the uh, nice family man, and they get horribly murdered by X-24. <laughs> just, I mean, that's got to be pretty disorienting when somebody just decapitates your boss in front of you. That's true. And then the... Uh... Charlie speaks from experience. Even, even the bad guys don't really know what's going on. They're like, who's this group of people? <laughs> that yeah. X-24 is taking apart. <laughs> Richard E. Grant trying to uh, get X-24 to stop. Yeah, because he's a nice Listen guy. Orders. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> when he's like trying to get him to stop. <laughs> Please, stop. Listen to, <laughs> to me. <laughs> Remember the safe word? <laughs> I was gonna say my one one of the reasons I like the film a lot is because of the dialogue and stuff. But uh, one of the things I I wish they did differently was uh, the introduction of his daughter or his clone. I felt like they were they could have been more climactic, like more uh, stress inducing, more dramatic. You know, like like Wolverine was like, "Oh, it's my clone." All right killed other stuff like this before you know he didn't he wasn't worried about you know or it was just like a very brief moment but it didn't it didn't make my 
heart as the viewers stop and like be like, oh, this is such a big moment that they're, you know, I, I didn't feel like the uh, the idea of cloning these children and whatever. Maybe it's just because we as sci-fi viewers have seen this thing so many times like oh it's the evil guys that are cloning the good guys but i I like i'm genuinely confused as to whether you're talking about x23 or x24 both both i felt like they both i felt like the introduction of them i wanted there to be like more of like a a dramatic introduction and reaction to them like when she was introduced really she kind of was murdering people and then came out and threw his, that guy's head out. And maybe I'm just forgetting how I really felt the first time I saw it in 2017. But I think this time when I saw it, I was like, yeah. And like, I felt like it could have been bigger. I felt like it could have been like more of like a emotional event a reveal than, than it was. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I thought the X 24 moment was really well done because it plays with the audience expectation because like as a first time viewer, right? Like you think that Charles is talking to Logan and then suddenly he gets stabbed and you're just like, what on earth is happening? Yeah, no, that was, no, that was, that was really well done. That was really well done. I think, I think for me, I guess my point is like when Logan sees him or, or when he is that, you know, something about like the reaction of other people realizing he is who he is or something. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like Logan was just like, oh, it's, it's, it's a dude that I got to kick his ass. And that's all I know how to do. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I don't mean, know how much time there is for him to react before he's suddenly getting like his fighting. fighting right. Yeah. He's like, uh, well, at least someone who looks like me gets to die. <laughs> so are there any moments in uh, this movie that you really enjoyed that we haven't discussed yet? We haven't really talked about the yeah. end at all. The part after this that's <laughs> Paul hated the whole movie. He's like, we didn't talk about the end. No, that was my favorite part. <laughs> no more Wolverine. See you later. <laughs> yeah, those kids. <laughs> Should have heard what they were saying. <laughs> I, I think for me, my my favorite part, not necessarily a specific piece, but the idea that they were fighting for uh uh not to save the world. That like was a really big thing for I think the superhero movies, when you know it's about saving the world, you're like, oh, yes, they're going to win because you, you can't not save the world. That the stakes are lower. <laughs> well, I mean, we know that they need to keep making movies. There's not a literally the universe doesn't exist anymore uh, movie. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange multiverse of madness will be. They ruined this universe. They got to go to a different one in the multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Well, Rick, Rick and Morty there. I like it. <laughs> yeah. But the end, yes. How did you guys feel about all of the children mutants standing above the dude and like using all their powers on him at one time? Really gave me that 300 vibe. Yeah. 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 Like seeing them do their like, like the, you know, the director's like, all right, make a grimacing face like you're casting a really mean spell. but yeah if the movie is about like trying to protect children from having to do violence maybe or that there's no coming back from that then suddenly all of the children at once murder someone (laughs) yeah and there's like rock and roll music in the background yeah (laughs) 
it was at least fun to get to see, you know, like when they cut his like beard off or whatever. It was like, oh, finally, kids get to have some fun in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that moment. What about when that car crashes into the fence in like one of the first like chase scenes and it doesn't bust through? Yeah, that was actually oh, yeah. uh, Brianne's favorite moment, too, was like how the, the, the fence like just kind of like gives a little bit but doesn't snap and then he ends up like dragging it everywhere she really oh, yeah, she like, really liked that moment yeah, that oh, was awesome my favorite part of that was that uh one of the motorcycle guys gets tangled up in it yeah <laughs> like that was very creative yeah it's a good fight scene good chase scene um I liked uh, when Laura's riding the little pony ride outside the store. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> She's like about to just like <laughs> impale the, the change. <laughs> well, more than just that, because it, it was, you know, this, it was just a, it starts out as, you know, just kind of a light hearted thing of her getting to experience what a normal child gets to experience, you yeah. know, because the Gabriella makes a point to, uh, you know, saying that these, these kids uh, yeah. have never been outside of the facility. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice touching moment where she's getting to experience something that a normal kid gets to experience. And then she reacts inappropriately <laughs> when the ride stops. And then she's scolded yeah. <laughs> by her father. Well, yeah, I mean, that's parenting, right? <laughs> and then exactly. she goes in and steals stuff. Charlie, yeah. you're the band. Wolverine steals stuff right? too. Yeah, yeah. I did love much. that scene, even though that was like spoiled in the trailer. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was. That actually is an awesome yeah. part. Of the we movie. don't kill people, well, but we do steal stuff. That's fine. <laughs> we <laughs> not angry about that. Steal stuff under threat of killing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite was like, do you sell? like uh, battery chargers or whatever, you know? And he's like, yeah, right here. And he just takes it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you sell this? Good. I'm glad you do. (laughs) This is mine now. What about when she punches him in the face in the car? Does it? Doesn't X-23... Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That it, they're, great. like, arguing back and forth, and then she's like, ah, punch. And then he starts <laughs> yelling at her. Yeah, that part's great. Don't hit me. Don't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we've seen in the MCU so far is, and some of the larger, like, X-Men and things like that, is that characters don't really get an ending. And so it was nice to have a movie that explicitly was about, like, the final moments of a character like it gave it this kind of sort of solemn mournful tone because you know it's not going to be all sunshine and roses for everyone by the end yeah my thing that i had we've not talked about yet was just the ending scene which i know maybe it's a little corny or whatever but just the funeral and then like right as she's leaving the very last moment of the movie where she like turns the cross sideways like i didn't i didn't see that coming so i thought that was pretty that was pretty Pretty effective. Yeah, but I just like that it's an explicit attempt to give uh, closure to one of these characters in a way that a lot of the characters probably won't really be given closure in some of the other movies we've seen, with a couple notable exceptions, I guess. I also like that Charlie, where she turned the X over. I did see that part, and I was like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I also liked uh, that comic books exist in this universe, and that that's why they decided to go to that spot was just the uh, coordinates in the comic book. And Wolverine's like, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) 
Also in that last scene, I really enjoyed that the the black boy has a Wolverine action figure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he's like he's holding an action figure. It was just a really nice touch. What did you guys think about the use of the adamantium bullet, how it was gonna be like a suicide bullet and then later killed twenty four? I'm glad that it was used. Because <laughs> <laughs> it kept me on edge every time I saw it. <laughs> like, is he going to just commit suicide? Like, is that how this ends? <laughs> I also saw that part in the, the garbled thing and was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I really like, too, that this is a good companion piece to the Wolverine, which I had to see. I mean, same director, right? But that's about him wanting to die. And James Mangold is like, oh, let's make another movie about him wanting to die. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my thing. We're gonna that's my stick. Let him get his wish. Yeah, he, he, doesn't want, he doesn't want to die. He needs to die. That's right. <laughs> so one other thing I wanted to just kind of mention, bring up, is that uh, this is one of the, I guess maybe this is the might be the movie, or it's one of the movies that sort of kicked off this very small uh, trend of re-releasing movies in black and white. So there's a version of this movie called Logan Noir that's a black and white version that that supposedly came along because uh, I think James Mangold released some uh, production photos on Twitter that were in black and white, and people were like, that looks amazing. The whole movie should look like that. And so they were like, yeah, okay, cool. And then, so they released a black and white version. I watched a little bit of it, and... I got to say, for me, it didn't really work. There's definitely moments that look cool in black and white, but a large, for a lot of it, it felt like I was watching a uh, a movie with a problem with the color. <laughs> right. It, it looked I like there was a color. I see that for a lot of the stuff. Like maybe the more like the more simple scenes or the non-action scenes, it might make more sense. You know, yeah. Like. <laughs> so like the shot in the the first shot you see inside the tank or whatever that charles is in and the like the lights coming through like that looks pretty cool in black and white but like the moments prior to that like the funeral and donald pierce talking to him in the limo and stuff it was just very like there's a problem with my picture why why do people think this is happening with this and mad max and supposedly we're being threatened with a Zack snyder justice league version <laughs> wait didn't they already put that out i think so, i don't yeah. know yeah yeah oh black and white Snyder get, cut. get HBO Max. Come on. Well, well, then they successfully threatened us, I guess. Yeah, because that's in it's in like four to three as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that has something to do with IMAX, I think. Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm of the opinion that if you want to make it, and we don't have to watch that version, fine. I mean, you mentioned this in text too. I mean, when you want to make a black and white movie, you go and you shoot a black and white movie, and you make sure it works in black and white. I mean, I don't want to say. Anything that's been converted to black and white won't necessarily be good. I guess you could do it, but you'd probably be lucky more than anything else. Yeah, like the the way one shoots color, the way versus the way one shoots black and white is very different in terms of like lighting and things. So, like this isn't really a spoiler, but the first couple uh, episodes of WandaVision are in black and white, and you can read things where they were talking about how, like in those scenes, they had to paint Vision blue because he when he was just his regular red and black and white, it didn't look right. Now have I want to see the blue man group version. Have you <laughs> ever seen the color photos of Adam's family TV series? 
No. No. It was a black and white TV series. And like when seeing the color photos, a lot of stuff just looks absolutely garish and putrid and just the worst interior decorating color choices you've ever seen in your life. And it was all done so that it would look good in black and white. Like it's it's oh, yeah. really something. So anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge that Logan Noir exists and it looks weird to me. Maybe movies someday will be closer to video games and they'll give you all the all the filters and sliders you want. Like uh <laughs> like what is that, Blue Point or whoever makes those made the Shadow of the Colossus remake and yeah. Demon Souls and stuff. Because that seems to be a trend in like games that are kind of like you know, have sort of an artistic graphic style or something. It's like, can you imagine going back to the, you know, the late 20 aughts and like taking the sepia filter off of every 3D action game? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. What would it look like in vivid color? I'm I'm just, I'm just picturing a denoir version of the Max Payne games. And it feels like my brain is trying to kill itself. (laughs) <laughs> so ultimately what'd you think of logan would you uh give it uh the green serum to help it survive and fix its healing factor or would you just leave it to die it's up to you to decide which is the good version i guess i'm just asking how many mutant clones out of we'll say 10 for the sake of argument would you give this movie i assume that includes all of the children yeah i just Boiled it down to ten of them. <laughs> the ten, the ten they don't all make it. Children, <laughs> you boiled them all. Oh. <laughs> I knew someone was going to mention that. <laughs> I just feel it happen. Double, double toil and trouble. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll go first. Uh, so I really like this movie. The first time I saw it, for the rest of the movies in the March that I have seen, I have a good idea of what. I think I'm going to rate it. And what I thought I was going to rate this was a nine. I had issues the first time around about the violence and whether the actual violence depicted was conflicting with the themes. But that's why I asked you all about it, because I got a different impression this time. And I don't think it's quite as stylized as I think I was had issue with the first time. I think there's a lot of really good emotional moments in this movie that a lot of the Marvel stuff we've watched so far doesn't quite get to. I think a lot of the other movies try, but I don't know. There's a few scenes that like really like had impact on me. And it was nice to see Patrick Stewart doing something a little bit different in this one. Oh, and also it was really fun to like view this through the lens of having seen Shane too, because it's not like a direct homage to it. And like Adam was saying, there's some other movies that I think are more directly influenced. What about the lens of the March? Oh, through the lens of the March. 9.5 out of 10 uh, mutant clones. So, well, the half clone is X-24 when he's been, uh, when he's had his head blown half off on the adamantium bullet. So on par with Doctor Strange. Yeah, 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 I think so. Doctor Strange was more of a fun ride, I suppose. And this one was more emotional, I think, and had kind of fun themes to think about. So yeah, same rating for different reasons. In general, I'm kind of a, not just with movies, I'm kind of a critic or, a, you know, I'm I'm kind of picky about a lot of stuff. So I probably say a lot more negative things than how I really feel. Uh, I really oh, so didn't. you're Charlie Wallace. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, say, okay, Charlie. 
Okay, well, good. Then I feel like I'm fitting in. Um, <laughs> I, We've been I, trying to beat it out of him. I, I think the first thing that I thought, what you know, after the first scene of the movie when um, Logan is fighting those uh, those hoodlums by his car, I was like, oh, this is going to be uh, the bitter old drunk retired guy gets called back in to kick some ass one more time. And <laughs> and I and I was kind of annoyed. I was like, OK, here we go. And I'll, although I think that maybe the film was kind of predictable in that way, I think it was really well done using the characters that it used. And uh, there were some really good themes um, uh, that really you can't find in many of the other movies or um, many other movies in general. And I would say... Um, out of 10 clones i would i would give it nine as well i really like this movie uh to me like of all of these marvel movies that we've watched to date i think this one is the best acted like it's got the best material for the people to work with but the performances are across the board stellar better than man thing In all honesty, probably the only competition for best acting would be like, I don't know, original Men in Black and original Iron Man. And like those are the only ones that are even in the same league as uh, as Logan. So really like this film. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I did cry at the end. I'm going to get going to give it 10 out of 10. Nice. Every child survives. Every child survives. I was dancing around when I said, like, oh, it had an emotional impact. But yeah, first time I watched this, I cried at the end, too. I'll admit it. Now that I mean, Doug we, has already put himself out there. I think that I cried <laughs> at the end of uh, Men in Black 3. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not exactly uh, made of stone here. Uh, I mean, well, that, that, that one, that is actually, I, I mean, Men in Black 3 ending, though, that stands out to me as as one of the most. Yeah. In, cry, in all honesty, yes. I remember, I remember that. Well, uh, let's let's hear your thoughts on uh, Logan then, Paul. Um, let's hear your thoughts on Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you think he's gonna do in his next boxing fight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got my poster up. I keep I I've got my Logan Paul poster. I've got my my monthly Logan Paul uh, mystery box that comes. <laughs> do you have your Do you have a Logan Paul poster? And a Logan poster next to a Paul poster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see you subscribe to his Patreon, Paul. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, Paul's, Paul's have to stick together. Us Paul's. <laughs> you and Logan Paul and his brother Rand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rand Paul. Um, yeah, I really, I really liked Logan. I went in thinking it has the potential to be like, you know, just another kind of gritty take on the, you know, superhero genre. But in this case, it's, I thought it like really worked. And especially in the context of us, like watching every single one of these movies, I found it like somewhat refreshing in a way to watch one that was, that sort of explored some stuff that the others don't. And kind of gave a more appropriately like gritty version of the violence and, you know, and uh, like Adam was saying, brought some like real closure to some of our favorite characters. 
um, which is is hard to find. I think in light of that, I I'm going to give it um, nine mutant clones out of ten. I uh, yeah, I think that's right about where it lands. It's a movie I can kind of see what's get what it's getting at, but ultimately we're being asked to care about characters that we've already seen running around in like rubber suits and special wheelchairs and just you know doing all sorts of crazy things and now suddenly we're supposed to take them seriously and i don't know it just feels really like uh what's the word like you know like suddenly we're what whiplash yeah like suddenly we're just supposed to be like oh these characters that are just goofy and weird like suddenly like they're real serious and dramatic and solemn and it's like "Mm, okay if you say so 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 I think that's probably why I'm just I'm gonna give it five out of ten. Are you being Charlie right now? Yeah, I wanted Charlie to know what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gotta balance me out. <laughs> I can tell I could tell by your delivery. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're getting <laughs> actor <doing> Adam. <laughs> um okay, so for real. Um, it is nice to see a movie that is tonally very different from just about anything else we've seen in the March so far. Probably within the March, the closest is the Wolverine, I would think. Um, and so that stuff's like really nice. It's nice. It's nice to have that closure. And it, <laughs> despite what I just said when I was being Charlie, uh, <laughs> it is nice to have the characters behave a little bit more um, nuanced, right? Because sometimes in some of these movies a lot of that nuance gets lost when they're punching each other while the world's about to end. Yeah. As we were saying before, like the fact that the stakes are a little smaller is good as well. Um, one of the things that I found really distressing watching it the first time, and that's lessened a little bit on subsequent top viewings, but it hasn't completely gone away is that I find it really depressing that characters that we've spent so much time with, like, I think this is like what the 10th X-Men movie or something like that, um, that we're just told that they get very downbeat endings like, oh, all the other X-Men were killed accidentally by Professor X and he gets stabbed by a Wolverine clone. And, you know, at least Logan gets to die semi heroically, but he's still dead. And I found that really like of a downer. And I think that works better. So this is a movie that in some ways wants to emulate some of those sort of Western movie tropes like in Shane and unforgiven and uh some of like the man with no name clint eastwood stuff one of the things about western movies is that typically you're introduced to the character and so they're therefore framed in a certain light that the movie presents to you you know typically like somewhat of a loner maybe a bit aloof or gruff but ultimately you know heart of gold or that kind of thing and i can see like logan wants to do that but i think it's saddled a little bit handicapped a bit by the fact that this movie involves characters that we've already seen in previous movies and we know how they operate and we know roughly how they think and so i i always feel like there's a slight disconnect going on there so i guess between that and just like the personal opinion of i don't like seeing characters i like suffer so much or being told (laughs) that they suffer for me this is a little difficult to rate because intellectually i can see where it's at and i think If I were rating it intellectually, it'd probably be a little higher. But in terms of just my enjoyment of the movie, which is how I've been rating everything else, I think I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10, which puts it about at the level of the Wolverine, the last Wolverine movie. And that feels about right to me. 
And I know that's a little low. I think if I were doing it intellectually, I'd probably be a little higher, maybe 8.5, even 9. But yeah, just in terms of my enjoyment, 8 out of 10 mutant clones. Yeah, so I'm really happy that everyone you know rated it very high. Um, I think because everyone rated it so high, I'm going to abstain because I have not seen <laughs> the movie in its fullest. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to rate it a four because I want to rate it an eight. <laughs> half of the movie. <laughs> what, what do you What do you want me to rate? That's not abstention, Tony. <laughs> right. That's, that's just that's just disrespectful. That's just review bombing. <laughs> but I will say, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's great. It's, it was great up until uh, I was having issues watching it. <laughs> this movie fails the Bechdel test. Damn it. Garbage. Don't watch on plaques. <laughs> have more than one. Does it even have more than one woman character? Well, there's Laura and there's Gabriella. Gabriella. Oh, Gabriella. Yeah. And then there's a the handful owner, the, of the owner of the hotel. Yep. Who yells at right. Gabriella, tell him right. she's a bad all girl. Right. All right, you're right. Okay, so I guess the it does it does pass the back test. So Tony, we what am I supposed to write for you? <laughs> Tony, what do you want me to put on the website for your score? Eight for the first half? Say just Tony had a week. <laughs> <laughs> no rating, Tony had a week. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a dash or NR. Yeah, NR. TBA. (laughs) I could do TBA. I'll just put a weird symbol in, and then it just refers you down to the bottom where it says Tony had a week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope your next week is better, Tony. Thanks. I really appreciate that. So thanks, everyone, for joining us on installment 56 of the Mary Marvel Movie March. Next time, we are heading forward to... May 2017 for the start of a block of MCU movies. We're going to have five of them in a row, actually. Uh, It is the 2017 movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So we hope you'll join us for that. Hmm. And uh, in the meantime, I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And a special thanks to our... um even now further aged guests. Oh, no, 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 now they're dead. <laughs> deceased. Our deceased guests. Paul Wilcox. It was a pleasure. Doug Gobeski. Make sure you uh, give me the X grave marker. <laughs> Noted. Kyle Erickson. You can pickle a cucumber without vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate coming up with a catchphrase, but. <laughs> which we've all failed to do I gotta say it every time <laughs> I gotta do the rest of these movies just so you can keep saying it <laughs> and Tony Huff thank you for having me on the show again oh wait what about this outro music probably i mean that's copyrighted music so sorry dude (laughs) (laughs) how does it work on covers well especially non-for-profit covers probably fine (laughs) 
that's our show. Thanks for listening. We hope you check us out. Don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits. You will be entertained. Possibly. Wait. So you're definitely entertained, but only possibly entertained. Well, I don't want to get sued for false advertising. <laughs> but yeah, you know, all of those uh, all those people that he was uh, chauffeuring around didn't seem like the most upstanding, great people. He was doing it for the money. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I guess we didn't see anything awful about the uh, the person at the funeral, but I guess. But who uh, hires a limo for a funeral? Rich people. People who don't have their own limo and want to look rich. <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I spent all my money on this limo. Yeah, it was a bad limo. person. Yeah, just wanted <laughs> to show up the was... person at their own funeral. Maybe she was the widow and she'd always wanted to ride in a limo and her husband always said no. (laughs) Finally. Finally, I get to ride a little limo. And then she's like, rises and goes, now I know why my husband didn't want to do this. This is not as cool. (laughs) I miss him much more. I miss him more now. (laughs) There's crazy people yelling at my driver. I I don't like this. (laughs) This is turning out to be a not so good day. <laughs> it's just a long car. I don't know what I was so excited about. So, Charlie, she says it's turning out to be a not so good day. Is uh, she's at her husband's funeral? Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> was there any chance it was going to be a good day? <laughs> you don't know how she felt she was about him. Free to ride in a limo. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be the best day in a long time. <laughs> <laughs>